Hi, I'm Joel Garcia. Welcome to the Pop Culture Shuffle. On today's show, I have a few things to talk about. First up, I take a brief look at the Star Trek franchise. Then, I take a look at some interesting fanfiction from a very notable fanfic writer. And finally, sports. This week, football. But first, beat me up, Scotty. During some of the show's holiday breaks, I briefly talked about Star Trek Discovery and its bizarre inability to be on Paramount Plus after being pulled from Netflix. Thankfully, the situation has been resolved, somewhat. But you probably noticed in those segments, I never exactly talked about the show. The reason for that is because, well, I don't like the show. Now, for a lot of people, Star Trek could be one of many things. The original show, which came out in the 1960s, centered around the adventures of Captain James T. Kirk and the Starship Enterprise, alongside his first officer Spock, Dr. McCoy, and many others. Most fans may also be aware of Star Trek The Next Generation, the successful sequel series that essentially followed the adventures of Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Enterprise. Lesser known could be the other Star Trek TV shows, and there have been a few, and that's before we get to Discovery. It includes the animated series, which ran the 70s, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which took place on a space station, Star Trek Voyager, which took place on a starship that was flung all the way to the Delta Quadrant, as well as Star Trek Enterprise, a prequel series that takes place long before the original series. And then you also have the film series, which have been based on the original series, The Next Generation, and the reboot franchise. And then we can get to Discovery. Which centers around a crew set before the original series, but after Enterprise. In addition to Discovery, there's also Star Trek Picard, a sequel series to The Next Generation, which follows the titular Jean-Luc Picard, as well as two animated series. Lower Decks, a comedic adult animated series, and Prodigy, a Nickelodeon co-production centering around a group of kids running their own starship. Despite the fact that there's a wide range of Star Trek content, I only like a small fraction of it. I like the original series, The Next Generation is enjoyable, Voyager is great, but then with the other shows, it's very hit or miss. With Deep Space Nine, for example, I'm curious to check it out, although I am aware it has an ongoing narrative that might make it a bit more difficult to someone to just jump in and watch an episode. Enterprise the prequel is really bad, despite having Scott Bakula. Discovery is just depressing, and I've only seen one episode of Picard and I hated it. And as for the other series, well, I like Lower Decks. And Prodigy is actually enjoyable, despite the premise making it come across as being stupid. Now it's a bit difficult to talk about all of these shows at once, since each of them have their positives and negatives. But I can quickly sum up my opinion on Discovery. I just don't like it. Sure, it was the first new Star Trek series in 12 years after the end of Enterprise, and the only thing between Enterprise and Discovery being the Star Trek Trilogy reboot series. 
But honestly, I'm just not a fan of these characters. I don't like the character Michael Burham. The other characters are mostly forgettable, and when it comes to the continuity, it seems weird that the Starship featured in the show, the Discovery, looks far more advanced than the Starship featured on the original series. It's one of those things that just really turned me off from the show. If it's supposed to be set before the original series, why does it look far more advanced? Another thing about Discovery is how the show is heavily serialized, with little to no standalone episodes. So if you decide to start watching, like, say, the fifth episode of season two, all I can say is good luck, because you're gonna need Google to find out what the fuck is even going on anymore with this show. I think that's the reason why I prefer to enjoy Star Trek Lower Decks, because Lower Decks is somewhat more comedic, and yet it still has a bunch of standalone adventures. There's a narrative, of course, and it's somewhat serialized, but you could enjoy each episode individually, for the most part. With Discovery, you can't just, like, watch a random episode and move on. Now, sure, Star Trek works great with a serialized format, but you really need to put in some standalone episodes, since a standalone episode could go a long way to show these characters off for someone who, say, doesn't want to watch the entire show. In fact, that's how I got into The Next Generation. I didn't watch the very first episode, I watched like, the fourth episode from like, the fifth season or something like that. Eventually, I did watch the first episode, but it took some time. And even then, like, the first time I watched Star Trek Voyager was some random airing at 1 in the morning on our local Fox affiliate. At the time, I had no idea what was going on, but I could tell that my parents really loved watching the show. Now when it comes to watching Star Trek, if you don't watch Discovery, are you really a true Star Trek fan? Of course not, there's no such thing as being a pure true Star Trek fan. If you're not a fan of, say, Star Trek the original series, but really love watching The Next Generation, that's perfectly fine. If you like Star Trek Voyager but think Enterprise is a complete waste of time, that's also fine. If you like the theme song to Star Trek Enterprise, why? Not everyone has to like everything about Star Trek, because my parents love Star Trek Voyager. They love The Next Generation. And then when they found out that Deep Space Nine was also streaming? <laughs> Overall, the Star Trek franchise is full of many TV shows and films. And while it might seem daunting to someone who will try and watch everything featured in the franchise, from the original series all the way to Picard, there are a lot of things to enjoy about this franchise which boldly goes where no one has gone before. So if you had the time to watch any of these shows, whether it be on physical media or streaming, all I can say is, live long and prosper. If that line sounded really corny to you, well, as they say in Klingon, kapla. The Star Trek franchise is available to stream on Paramount Plus and owned on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. As I stated on last week's episode, the first fanfic I wanted to highlight this year involves the Teen Titans. Now for a lot of people, you probably know the Teen Titans from one of three things. Aside from their comic books, of course. You either know them from the 2003 Teen Titans TV show, the 2013 Teen Titans Go, or maybe even Titans. And I'll just say this, I am not the biggest fan. I did watch a lot of the original show when it aired, and some of Go, but even then, I'm not the biggest fan of these characters, and even when I tried watching Titans, I was turned off by its grim, dark attitude. 
Zad and fuck Batman really turned me off. With that said, today's fanfic selection relates to the first show, the 2018 Times TV show, and its controversial series finale. Now, unfortunately, to talk about this fanfic, I need to bring up the series finale, because, well, the entire fanfic centers around the aftermath of that series finale. So, spoiler alert for a 15-year-old episode of a TV show. In the series finale of Teen Titans, the Titans return home from their long adventures to see that a lot of things have changed around them. All of a sudden, a giant shape-shifting monster starts attacking them. But in the process, Beast Boy seems to recognize a character named Terra, who was supposed to be dead, or at the very least, turned to stone. When he realizes that the statue they had of her is gone, he goes to find out what is going on while the rest of the team fights the monster. Now, the controversial part of this episode is mostly due to how it writes out a character in the finale. Now, the main monster itself is just a subplot. It's something for the Titans to be distracted by while Beast Boy goes on this adventure. As a series finale, it's a bit disappointing since the show just underwent an entire season where the heroes go around the world fighting evil, and then you end on this relatively low-key note with a new villain who has no name, no identity, and is just a shapeshifter. However, the main focus is on Beast Boy trying to find the person who mysteriously looks like Terra. And eventually, it's revealed that yes, this is the character of Terra. Or at the very least, someone who used to be Terra, but doesn't refer to herself by that name anymore. And apparently at some point during the show's run, she got out of her statuesque form, and then decided to live a normal life away from the Titans. The episode ends with the character formerly known as Terra telling Beast Boy that things change and that she's no longer the girl he wants her to be. Instead of being a superhero, she's just a girl going to a geometry exam. Now, here are the positives I'll give to the episode. Terra coming back out of nowhere is a good twist, yet at the same time it feels like it could have probably put this somewhere during the fifth season. Or at least have an episode where she comes back from the dead. Instead, all of a sudden, she's just alive again with no rhyme or reason. Now, there is admittedly a good reason for why this is a good thing. Because, of course, when it comes to Terra, the character's known for dying. In every adaptation of her character, she often winds up dead. And this is the one time in which they don't do that. Now, people have been angry with this finale, mainly by how Terra just leaves Beast Boy brokenhearted. And there are reasons for why this happened, and in fact, a long time ago, I wrote a blog about it saying that maybe the reason she doesn't want to go back to the Titans is just simply because she couldn't control her strength. And frankly, in a way, it kind of makes sense when Slade, or at least the robotic copy of Slade that fights Beast Boy, points out that, well, maybe she just wants to live a normal life and be far away from the Titans. In other words, even if she did come back, they apologized to each other and she rejoined the team, she might have lost control again. A good example of this happening in another show would be Smallville, in which when Lana was ran out of the series, they came up with an explanation that apparently Lana was poisoned with kryptonite. It won't kill her, but if Clark ever got near her, it would kill him. So in the end, Lana decided to just stay far away from Clark as possible and never see him again. It was bittersweet, but at the same time, Clark understood what had to be done. Same way that Beast Boy, at the end of this episode, understood that, well, Terra wants to be left alone, and that's that. 
Then again, there's a guy on the internet who really disagrees with that. That person I'm referring to is the Kari King Mikan. Now, the Kari King Mikan is a very infamous fanfic writer, and he's well known for writing a lot of stories. Two of which are The End of Ends and My Brave Pony Starfleet Magic, among many others. Now, from what I've seen, he writes a lot about Digimon, My Little Pony, and Teen Titans. And based on his YouTube channel, he really is a huge fan of the Teen Titans. He also has a lot of fanfic based on other TV shows and films, such as especially Sailor Moon, Power Rangers, and Liberty's Kids. The name Dakari is a reference to a ship from Digimon, specifically the characters of Davis and Kari. In fact, I was thinking of originally highlighting one of his many Digimon stories, but I wanted to focus on the Teen Titans stories. I might eventually highlight his Digimon stories, since there is one I really want to talk about that I read up a few years ago and found it really interesting, but today we're here to highlight one of his Teen Titans stories. In fact, it's one of the more infamous ones, and it's the aforementioned The End of Ends. Now the thing with The End of Ends is how many variants it has. It has an original story, then there's a web animated remake, which as far as I can see is just a bunch of old clips from the TV show with subtitles, and the one that crossed over with My Little Pony. Now as I said, this fanfic takes place right after the finale. Well, the finale ended with Beast Boy appearing to accept the fact that Terra decided to not come back and him going back to fight with the Titans. This fanfic asked the question, but what if he wasn't over Terra? That's pretty much all you need to know about the fanfic, and it's going to be a bit different from my usual fanfics because, well, this isn't on fanfiction.net. From what I've looked up, he has a very contentious relationship with the website, so most of his stories are on another website, mediaminer.org. Now I should know that I am reading a somewhat different version of the story, which is titled Musical Things Change and the End. Now from what I can tell, this is the closest to the original story, which I've just been unable to find. Now the only major differences are how it features a prologue integrating the story into the author's fanfiction series. It also features the occasional narrative italics, essentially to highlight, oh, here are the Titans, except for this one character who's not yet here. Because he introduces an original character later on in the story. Let's go now to our snippet from the story, Chapter 1, Haven't Got a Friend in the World. School was out for the day, and Beast Boy was up on the roof of a neighboring skyscraper overlooking the students as they filled out of the school. Then, he saw her, leaving the school with her two friends. Tara looked up, and that's when he quickly ducked down behind the ledge like a mouse, literally. But she knew he was up there, for he had been watching her come out of the school for the past few days now. She really wished he wouldn't do that but at least he wasn't trying to convince her to come back to the Titans. What's the matter, Tara? asked Jackie. Wait, don't tell me, Jillian said. You're thinking about that green brat boy again, aren't you? His name is Beast Boy, Tara scolded. Whatever, replied Jillian. That little brat needs to learn a lesson. Jackie agreed. If he ever comes stalking you again, we'll show him. 
Tara wished they wouldn't talk about him like that, but couldn't say it to their faces or they know about her Tara's history with the Titans and Beast Boy. If she wanted to pursue a normal life, she'd need to put them in the past out of her mind forever. The same if she wanted Beast Boy to move on, but it was really hard. The girls walked down the street and off for home, which told Beast Boy that she was still safe. Then he changed into a bird and flew off to his next usual destination. Tara's pedestal in the caverns. Every day it was the same thing. He would check to see if Tara was okay and then go to her pedestal until nightfall. It was just no good. He couldn't let go. The more he tried not to think of Tara and his life, the more it tormented him. He was starting to feel more angry than sad now. It just wasn't fair. Everyone, even the other titans, got to enjoy the sweet pleasure of life while he always got indigestion. Every time he though he was finally gaining happiness, it slipped away and left him with nothing. He only wished, no, to him wishing was wrong. He prayed that there was some way he could get Terra to come to her senses and come back to the team and come back to him. He really needed a milkshake or 12. He went to Ben's cafe where he and Terra used to eat apple pie, but didn't bother to order any as that would bring him more pain. Instead, he drank as many milkshakes as he could buy to cool him off, but it didn't seem to help him at all. Can I get you another one, kiddo? asked Pam. Beast Boy hiccuped and paid her another dollar. Pam gave him another chocolate shake. She would have asked him what was wrong, but she could tell he was in no mood. The cafe was awful quiet, not a lot of people. Just then, someone did enter. Beast Boy? Beast Boy's ear twitched, and he peered round and saw her still in her school uniform. He sighed and then turned back to his many empty milkshake cups. We need to talk, she said as she took a stool beside him. Fine then. Talk, Beast Boy said sadly. His voice almost sounded sharp as well as upset. Tara explained that she wanted him to quit worrying about her. I'll be fine, and I want you to quit watching me from the roof. Beast Boy crushed his half-full shake in his hand, but he didn't say a word. Beast Boy, we all have to accept change, and I know you can too, but you have to stop torturing yourself like this and move on. Move on! Beast Boy snapped. Move on! Move on to what? I got nothing to move on to! Tara winced at his sharp tone, but she felt her own anger starting to spike again. Well, I'm sorry you're feeling this way, but you'll just have to accept it. Beast Boy ruffled his hair angrily. You just don't get it, do you? I thought we were meant to be. My one chance to find the real sunshine. But how could it be wrong? I don't know, Tara said. It just is. And if I can accept it, so can you. Beast starred down at the floor, taking an interest in his shoes. I can't. I just can't. He explained to her everything about how his life was miserable. And here she was trying to make it worse. Tara was shocked, and Barry started to hear all that happened to him, but she still wasn't willing to go back to the Titans. Beast Boy, I'm happy now, and I'm safe. Why can't you be happy for me and move on yourself? She asked. Beast Boy explained that he was happy for her, and he was glad at least she found happiness. I'm not happy for me. I've lost everything. And don't try to tell me I haven't, because I don't believe you. No, please. This song has been censored due to copyright. World. 
Terry could see talking to Beast Boy wasn't helping at all, especially when he got up and started to walk sadly to the door. I'm a quick. This song has been censored due to copyright. Well. Then he was gone. Terra hugged her head in shame. I'm sorry, Beast Boy. Was all she could think as a single tear leaked out of her eye and splashed on the carpet. What she and Beast Boy didn't notice was Jackie and Jillian had seen them in the cafe together and decided, tomorrow, that kid's going down. Now you might have noticed at one point I actually censored myself when Beast Boy started to sing. And there are two reasons for that. For starters, in many of his stories, the Kari King Mikan allows Beast Boy to sing. From what I understand, this is a thing he does on his YouTube channel. And I've seen a few videos where he does this, in which it's basically just an animated Beast Boy just singing a bunch of songs. And in this case, I had to censor them out for copyright issues. These are not original songs. In fact, the song that Beast Boy was singing is actually a song from Donkey Kong Country. And before you start asking, wait, Donkey Kong Country is not a musical, you'd be right. It's a song from the short-lived Donkey Kong Country animated series. And it's a thing that the Carter King Megan also does, in which he tries to make these fanfics musical, ignoring the fact that fanfiction is not an audible medium. Sure, you could try and throw in music in, but the problem is, if someone is just reading the story and is not going to listen to music while they're reading it, they're just reading bad poetry. Now, just from that snippet, you probably didn't notice that Dakari kind of makes Beast Boy a loser. And in some ways, it's wholly based on that last episode. Now, I would assume that Dakari was a big fan of Beast Boy and Terra in a relationship. Similar to how most people are fans of Beast Boy and Raven, Robin and Starfire. But the way he goes through this story is unusually crazy. Since the part I just read was from the first chapter... But as the story goes on, you notice a few things. Something I've looked ahead on is that he takes a lot of elements from Super Paper Mario, a Wii game which most people consider to be one of the worst Mario games ever. Especially because it goes away from the traditional RPG elements of the Paper Mario franchise into some type of 2D, 3D format. Now, I've never played the game, but it does seem that he's plagiarizing one of the worst Mario games. It'll be like plagiarizing Star Trek Nemesis. The same thing with his writing, in which there are a lot of elements in the songs that he just takes word for word, bar for bar, from better productions. Not just Donkey Kong Country, but in another chapter, he just copies part of your world from The Little Mermaid. As someone who is wholly against plagiarism, and having been to many classes in which they frown upon this basic concept, it just seems wrong when I see a fanfic writer just plagiarize. Not the entire story, but just say parts of it because, well, they're lazy and unoriginal. To put a good example, it'll be like if, say, you read a Harry Potter story, only in this case, all of the Harry Potter characters were replaced with the characters from Bones. I say that because I've actually read that story, and we might highlight it very soon. Now, I'm not saying Nakari King Mikan is a terrible writer, but he just keeps copying a lot of elements. 
Looking at his YouTube channel, his so-called Magic Voices series is just some really bad copy and paste paint drawings of Beast Boy singing other people's songs. Now I know there's an explanation for why he's doing that, but you really couldn't just sing the songs yourself? Going back to this fanfic, there's a good reason why this story is infamous. The entire premise of this fanfic is solely based on the fact that Beast Boy couldn't get over Terra. The story just makes him come across as someone who was emotionally broken without Terra, thinking that like, oh, without Terra, his life is shit. And if that was the whole reason, just to say that, oh, Terra needs to come back to the Titans, that's honestly a really weak reason. Beast Boy heard what Terra said, and just didn't give a shit. He just comes off as a very whiny kid who can't accept change. Now I will give the Kari King Mikan this positive. He at least uses the characters' names. By that I mean their civilian non-superhero names. Outside of maybe one or two mentions, the characters always refer to themselves by their superhero identities, even when they're by themselves. And I know that in some cases it was made to intentionally question which Robin it was, that's fine. But it really comes off a bit weird where even in casual conversation they just say Beast Boy instead of say his real name. And by the way for those of you wondering, Beast Boy's real name is Garfield Logan. And I'm really disappointed that no one has made the obvious joke about Garfield the cat. Even when Teen Titans Go joked about Garfield, the joke involved Robin. When it comes to the end of ends, its infamacy on the internet is well deserved. It's just a very whiny edgelord story about a character who refuses to accept the fact that, well, things change. If you're curious to find out about the Kari King Mike and the end of ends is quite possibly the best summarization of his writing. For better or worse, it asks the question, what if Beast Boy never got over Terra? by showing how it leads to Beast Boy's downfall, as well as Terra having to accept the fact that maybe it was a bad idea. Admittedly, that does sound a bit sexist by how it essentially demonizes Terra, while at the same time showing the Titans as idiots and Beast Boy as a pure, innocent being that everyone just misunderstood. The End of Ends by the Kari King Mikan is available to read on MediaMiner.org. To wrap up this week's show, I'm just going to briefly talk about the NFL wildcard. This year, it's somewhat similar to last year's format, but now there's only two games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and one on Monday. Now I'm disappointed that my Chargers aren't in the playoffs, but then again, it's their own damn fault for being so incompetent. Now for the teams that actually are in the playoffs, well that's a whole other story. Now on Saturday, we have the Raiders, ugh, taking on the Bengals. In that game, I feel it'll be a close one because, well, both teams suck. And sure, you could see the Bengals break their 30-year streak of not winning at home, or you could have the Raiders move on to the next round. Honestly, if you could tie in the playoff game, that would be great. But then again, when it comes to these two teams, I feel the Bengals should win. Honestly, it's about time they broke that streak. Meanwhile, for the night game, we have the New England Patriots taking on the Buffalo Bills. This one is a close game because, well, these two were neck and neck fighting each other for the AFC East. The difference, of course, they're playing in Buffalo. 
So in this game, I feel that maybe the Bills have the advantage, but then again, it's the Patriots, so anything could happen. Now we move on to Sunday. 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 First up will be the Eagles taking on the Buccaneers. In that game, well, it's Brady. What do you think? The only way the Eagles could win this game is if Tom Brady somehow screws everything up. Which I doubt will happen because, well, it's Tom Brady. So, I'm going for the Buccaneers in that game. Then, in the afternoon, we have the 49ers taking on Dim Cowboys. With that game, I feel that the Cowboys have a better advantage over the 49ers. But then again, the Cowboys have been slumping, and the 49ers have had miracles happen. So with this one, it's a close one, but I think the Cowboys will win. Finally, for Sunday night, we have Steelers Chiefs. Now I know people really want Ben Roethlisberger to win this game and see if he can go to one more Super Bowl before he retires, but it's Patrick Mahomes. And I can't stand the guy or the Chiefs, but I feel like the Chiefs are going to win this game. Finally, to wrap things up for this wall card, we have the very first Monday night game between the Cardinals and the Rams. Now, these games have been very competitive, and I can still recall seeing the one on Monday night from a few months ago, which was quite possibly the most intense Monday night game I've seen in a long time. Normally, Monday night games are boring, that was not. That was quite possibly the most amazing Monday night game I've seen in a long time. And I just hope that this game will live up to that. With this game, it's of course up in the air because the Rams and Cardinals were fighting up to the last week to win the division. I feel the Rams have the advantage in this game, not just because they're playing at SoFi, which will host the Super Bowl in a few weeks, but also because they feel like they're the better team at the moment. Now, if the Cardinals were to win this game, that would be a shock since, well, they've been falling apart lately, so it's a miracle that they're even in the playoffs still. I seriously thought after that Monday night game, they would just get out of the playoff picture entirely, but they somehow made it. So we'll have to see what happens. On next week's episode, we'll talk about the results of the wall card, but also see what would happen for next week's divisional playoffs. But for now, that is all the time we have for today's show. If you would like to know when the next episode comes out, remember to follow or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite stream provider. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at MrJoelGarcia9. Until next time, thank you for listening.